You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Well, hey there, dear one. We're back. Feels really good to be back with you in a new year. And all I have to say to 2020 is so long, farewell, don't let the door hit you in the <clears throat> on the way out. If you're in the Gut Love community, and that's our free mom tribe for moms with IBD, you already know that December was a really challenging month for me with my mom and best friend being put on hospice. I took some time off last month to be 100% with her during this time, and it was the best decision for me. I know I talk about my mom a lot here on the podcast. That's because she's really important in my life, and I feel like you know her. So just a quick update to let you know that she's still hanging in there, ever the fighter that I've known her to be my whole life. I wouldn't expect any less from that toughest nails lady that she is. So I want to let you know that I appreciate you. I appreciate all of the kind shout outs you've given me this past month, the emails that you've sent. I really appreciate your support. It's gotten me through some really difficult days. But since I'm a woman and we're known for our complex emotional range, I'm also finding myself feeling so absolutely blessed and thrilled to be back with you again. We've got a lot of ground to cover in 2021. We're going to take a huge bite out of this crap illness we've been saddled with. And I don't know about you, but I feel like 2021 is your year to crumble the walls of cruelty on this illness and demolish it once and for all. Can I get an amen? Let's start this year out right by ditching any of the New Year's resolutions that are probably already letting you down. I know, I can see you. They're already letting you down because they do that every year. As we all know, that's the thing about resolutions, isn't it? On January 1st, we feel like even though we know that historically resolutions, they fail for everyone, but not us. We're going to be the special ones right? We're going to be that special one person who succeeds above all the odds, above a Vegas-sized deck of cards that's stacked in the dealer's favor. I don't know why we feel like that. But what if I told you? What if I told you that you don't have to hold up your resolution anymore? What if I told you you can go ahead and let go of it right here, right now, today? What if I told you that it would actually serve you better to drop that resolution like a hot potato. Go ahead, do it, I dare you. Picture yourself, imagine yourself just dropping that damn potato. Did you drop it? Awesome. You go girl, I give you lots of props for that. Now that we have that taken care of, the real work, the work that's actually gonna move the needle for you can begin. 
Today on the podcast, we're diving into the myth about New Year's resolutions, and we're going to talk about what's actually so much more beneficial to do instead. We'll start our conversation with why New Year's resolutions always fail you, and yep, you heard me right, they fail you. It's not the other way around. Then we'll move into what would be a much better use of your time if you're ready to make big and lasting IBD strides in 2021. And finally, I'm going to set you up with my three-step solution to put IBD in its place in 2021. Let's do it. First, first let's dive into the psychology, I love that word, let's dive into the psychology of the resolution and why it's destined to fail you. There's so much weight that's put on resolutions, isn't there? It's this big, ridiculous process that's filled with pomp and circumstance and people all around you are asking, what's going to be your New Year's resolution? And man, that's a lot of pressure. Not only do you have the pressure to dig in and find the worst thing about yourself that you want to change, but then we have to live up to that change 24-7. And if you don't stick to it, it's because you didn't have the willpower, right? Resolutions are all about setting yourself up for failure due to everyone's high expectations, not just your own, but even people around you who are asking you about how how did that resolution go? Resolutions needlessly create a platform with such a long way to fall. It's like you're on the high diving board at the swimming pool and you're going to fall all the way down, right, when it doesn't work out. So when we don't accomplish our goal, we feel like a failure. And of course, we never want to repeat that again. If now, if we think about the psychology of how the human mind and the brain actually operates, we realize that resolutions are not actually in line with how our brain functions. The human brain is actually, it's more designed for baby steps, incremental change. And a big, bold New Year's resolution, it's never followed by baby steps. And it's usually followed by failure. It's kind of like this. It's all about December 31st with no exercise. We're a bump on the log watching Netflix all day in our pajamas, of course. And then January 1st rolls around and right just one day later and it's all about I'm going to work out seven days a week, 30 minutes minimum. I'm going to stop binge watching so much streaming content. And of course, I'm going to get out of those PJs. No plan, no step-by-step, But if we have the willpower, we can do it. Actually, we don't. Humans don't. We're just not wired that way. So here's my instead of a resolution proposal for you to mull over. If when January 1st rolls around every year and you feel like you have to do it, right? You have to instead of you want to make a change, it's really just not your time. Don't push it. Just think about there actually being 365 January 1sts in the year. And each one of those days is just as good as the next. In all honesty, who would blame you for not feeling it in the New Year's resolution department coming out of the 2020 that we've had? It's hard enough to get out of your pajamas every day. Who can think about a long-term goal anyway? 
So now that we've absolutely ditched the New Year's resolution and we know why we're doing that, the question becomes, what should we do instead? Instead of making these big, bold declarations about what you'll change, I actually want you to spend your time doing something else, and that's daydreaming. Yeah, allow yourself to just daydream in whatever form that takes for you. It could be journaling about your hopes and dreams. And of course, you can use this method and I'm describing for anything that you want to change in your life. But for this podcast, of course, we're going to focus on Crohn's and colitis. So in your daydreaming, this daydreaming you're doing about where you want your gut health to be, some questions you might want to ponder would include things like, what are you most hopeful will happen with your IBD? What are you most scared about? What's giving you the most trouble right now? Or it might be that every time a thought pops into your head, I know how these thoughts pop into your head because they pop into mine too. Like, what about that supplement that I just heard about? Or that food that's supposed to help? Or the diet I want to know more about? You just put that in the notes section of your phone, right? That's the kind of daydreaming that I'm talking about. But your daydreaming, it could also take the form of a conversation with your spouse or your best friend or your mom, whoever you confide in about the actual realities of your illness. And in this conversation, you get to get real about what's working and what's not and where you're hoping to make lasting change. Remember, though, this part, however you do your daydreaming, whether it's a journal or in your phone or talking to a trusted confidant, this is just dreaming. It's not doing. So do you see how completely loose this can be? I know it sounds loose to you right now. It's about appreciating the things that are going well in the world of your IBD, but at the same time dreaming about the positive changes you want to make on an ongoing basis so that when that time is right, you have everything you need to get started. And of course, you're doing all of this in a way that works for you in your mom life. With this type of free-flowing plan, there's no timetable here. There's no pressure to come up with the best solution or the resolution. Just a belief in three non-negotiables. Negotiable number one. The change or changes you want to make are about the journey, not the destination. And if you're uncertain or you're annoyed with that statement, because I know it's kind of a cliche statement, I want you to stay tuned because I promise I'm going to convince you that that attitude will actually get you more results. Non-negotiable number two, trust the process. I don't want you to push this to happen like a January 1st resolution does to you. There's no pressure here. The goals you want to set for yourself or the changes you're thinking about making, they'll come to light when you're ready for that change. And non-negotiable number three, lastly, accept failure and missteps. This is harder than it sounds for most IBD mamas that I know. Failure and missteps, they are part of the journey toward positive change. Just know that you will take detours, And not everything you try will pan out in that moment, even when you have the best of intentions. But when you stick, when you stick with these three non-negotiables and you stay true to your personal journey, then you know you're on the right path. Okay, now that we have our 
non-negotiables straight. It's time for us to decide how all that daydreaming will work best for you. So here's how we figured this out. Are you already a journal gal? Do you already have a journal next to your bedside table? Do you have a hubby that has an ear that easily bends? Maybe you're attached to your phone all the time. You're making notes about everything. As we move into the actual three-step solution to make 2021 the year you get control over your Crohn's and colitis, I just want you to get the gears turning here. Are they turning for you? Are you thinking about those three methods that I talked about or maybe a different one? Okay, great. Now what we're going to do is we're going to put that thought in the back of your mind. We're just going to let it marinate while I fill you in on your three-step solution. Remember I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the psychology of resolutions and making change that our human brains don't work that way. So the way that New Year's resolutions tell us they should, they just don't work that way. Our brains aren't designed for superhuman massive changes all at once, but they're more designed for baby step solutions. The beauty of those baby step solutions is that they can actually lead to monster results when they're done properly. And my three-step solution to put IBD in its place in 2021, it's all you need to turn targeted baby steps into huge leaps that positively impact your health this year. It's time for what I like to call the awesome sauce mama. Let's dive into the best, most actionable part to make changes that you'll stick with and you'll be invested in to help your IBD heal. You got a paper and pen handy or maybe the notes in your phone? Good, because you're going to love this three-step mindset hack. You're going to want to have this written down or taken notes on somewhere. You're going to just love how simple this is. Are you ready? Okay, step number one. Step number one is... Get crystal clear on the right baby step to take. This step all goes back to your daydreaming. Remember we talked about the daydreaming part? It all goes back to your daydreaming about what's working and what you want to change about your gut health. You know, when I ask moms I work with, what are your goals regarding your Crohn's or colitis? The thing that I hear most from moms is, I want to feel better. Although I know, I know this statement is true. I feel this statement myself sometimes. I know this is true for IBD moms. It doesn't really get us anywhere because this statement alone is absolutely all-encompassing and it's overwhelming. Feel better. That could mean a lot of things. It could mean physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, maybe even all of the above. And tackling all of these desires at once It's an insanely daunting task. There's just so much to fix before you get to feeling better. So instead of spinning your wheels and failing at tackling, I want to feel better, I challenge you to go further with this statement by asking yourself, what would that look like for me? What would feeling better actually look like? And once you figure out exactly what that means to you, I want you to embrace digging deep into the baby steps that it would take to make that change happen. 
I don't want to move on from step one until I really show you what this looks like because skipping this step, it will keep you from doing the work that it takes to heal your IBD. We cannot have that. So let me really paint a picture of what this could look like for you with a client story. The client story of Michaela, and I want to tell you that that's not her real name. I've changed her name slightly to protect her privacy. Michaela is a 32-year-old woman who came to me after being diagnosed with Crohn's. When I asked her what her goals were, and this is why I chose her for this, when I asked her what her goals were for healing her IBD, she told me, I want to feel better. But when we took that just a bit further and I said to her, what does feel better look like for you? Michaela decided it meant achieving health in three specific areas. So for her, those areas, number one, were she wanted to stop feeling bloated, gassy, and cramping in her belly after she ate. She wanted to stop feeling tired all the time. And number three, she wanted to put an end to the back and forth she was having between constipation and diarrhea. She was experiencing that um, on a weekly basis, and it was really frustrating for her. Those are all good ideas. Do you see how each of those is really specific, much more specific than I want to feel better? Now, while these are all fantastic health goals, really, truly, they're all still quite mammoth when you think about tackling those all at once. So instead of stopping here and potentially going nowhere because you're trying to accomplish all of these goals at once, talk about overwhelm and the possibility of inaction, right? Michaela and I then spent time talking about each one of these challenges that she had narrowed down and we sussed out which challenge to focus on first. The one that was giving her the most trouble right now for many moms, the answer is all of the above, and I, I get that. And if that's the case, I encourage you to pick the baby step that's the lowest hanging fruit. And that means it's the easiest one to fix. So if you feel like they're all critically important for you right now, just pick the easiest one to fix. Michaela, she decided for her that her worst challenge at the moment was number one. She was sick and tired of just feeling truly awful every time she ate. It was leading her to skip meals. She had a very limited diet at this point, and she was starting to lose weight. So she decided that was the most important baby step. That was the thing she wanted to focus on first. Now, to be really clear, know that the other problems, they bothered her too, just like your other problems I know are bothering you. But knowing that we'd get to those as well, and that we would have a much bigger shot of tackling them successfully when we took one baby bite at a time, she went with it. And so it wasn't so overwhelming and she felt more hopeful, more hopeful for her success in diving into this one issue. Michaela and I, then we spoke about some things that can be helpful when IBDers are having bloating, gas and cramping after meals. Remember, this is my role here. Remember, as a coach, it isn't my role to prescribe. I leave that to the doctor. But instead, I offer suggestions on well-researched things that I see working right now in the realm of Crohn's and colitis. So in the case of bloating, gas, and cramping after meals, there are several things that I've seen work in the research studies as well as with actual IBDers. Things like taking digestive enzymes. And if you're not familiar with those, they are a supplement that helps your body break down the fat, the protein, and the carbohydrates in your food. So you're able to easier, easily, or 
that a word? You're able to easier, I think that's the right word, you, you can digest and absorb your nutrients easier. And when you digest food better, then you have less bloating, gas, and cramping after meals. So some other things that might work for this common IVD challenge are sipping peppermint tea after meals because it helps relax the digestive system as you digest your food. Also making dietary changes to stay away from things that are food sensitivities, those kinds of foods that can cause bloating and gas after we eat. Also being very conscious not just about what you eat, but how you eat can be really important as well. Things like chewing your food 30 to 40 times in your mouth before you swallow it. I promise, I know that sounds like a lot, but it actually is, it doesn't take as long as you think, and it is a huge factor in proper digestion. Digestion and food breakdown, it actually begins in our mouth. And you can help your inflamed gut digest and absorb nutrients better by breaking them down in your mouth where you have the most control. Because you actually have control there, right? With your teeth, you have control there before you go ahead and swallow. So breaking it down in the mouth is huge. Further broken down food particles, that means less gas and less bloating after meals. So yeah, chewing your food 30 to 40 times, that can be really, really helpful. Also in the how realm, the how you eat realm, eating at the table with others, in community, with conversation, and not in the car or at your desk or while you're watching TV, that can also be really helpful in how you feel after meals. Enjoying the company of others while you eat, even if it's in this day and age, right, because we're all social distancing and trying to do our part to help coronavirus and flatten the curb, even if that's on a Zoom call right? You're still in community with people that you love. Doing that, it can also help reduce gas and bloating after your meals as well. So with all of these ideas in mind, going back to our example of my client, Michaela, she was able to then narrow down her goal even into smaller baby steps. I mentioned a lot of ideas here, and so there's no need for you to try them all. I'm not saying that, and I certainly did not recommend that to Michaela. It was just about giving her a wide variety of ideas so she could pick the best ones for her symptoms and her lifestyle. So we're going to just, with this, pick the one that just calls to you first. Don't overthink it. Michaela chose digestive enzymes, and she decided also to stay away from gluten and dairy. She was ready for immediate results. And the cool thing about digestive enzymes is if they're going to work, they usually work right away. So she was ready for immediate relief. And so that's why she chose the enzymes. And then she also felt strongly that there were some foods that she was eating that were not working best for her body. Foods like gluten and dairy, they had a negative impact for her. And so she decided to start there. For you, this baby step might look completely different, even if you have the same symptoms as Michaela. Her choice, it might seem maybe too small for you, or it might seem too big for you. And if there's one thing I've learned in my 10 years coaching, it's that everyone with IBD is truly different. And what helps one mama heal is completely different than another mama, even if they have similar symptoms. 
And while we're on the topic of digestive enzymes, I do have to give you guys a side note here. I want to mention that this supplement is not for everyone. So don't feel like I am telling you that I'm necessarily recommending this one for you, especially if you have a condition called gastritis. That's an inflammation of the stomach lining because it really can cause some pain if you have that particular condition. But I do have to say for Michaela, this was the right first step for her. So step number one, check. And if you're following along this process and thinking about your journey too, you've already completed the most difficult of the three steps. You've whittled down, you've refined, and you chose one baby step. Don't forget you're knowing you're going to come back to the rest in due time. We're not leaving those forever. But you've picked one to start with, one manageable goal, one baby, one baby step. You've set yourself up for success. Now in step number two, step number two is when we embrace our choice. We get started on the journey and we keep track of our progress. We don't need to do this for very long because we've chosen a baby step approach, right? Not a massive resolution, but a baby step. And when we do this, patterns and changes will start to emerge quickly. In step number two, we look for patterns for about one to three weeks, depending on the change that we've decided to make. For the change Michaela was making, one week was enough for the enzymes because they tend to start working right away if they're going to work. With the removal of the dairy and gluten, that did take a little bit longer, and so we left three weeks for that. Now, for you to successfully complete step number two, it's important to know how you're going to track your progress. That is the key here in this step. It's tracking your progress. So what does that mean exactly? Well, it's really quite simple. Once we get started on this baby step, we track our progress in whatever way works for your mom life. We're going to go back to those three things again. You can journal. You can freehand journal in a notebook. Maybe a notebook that's made for this specific purpose. And I personally, I love this kind of tracking when I do this tracking for myself because I'm a sucker for a cute journal. I love buying a new one with a specific purpose in mind. But you could also tap into the power of your phone. You could use the notes section in your phone. I also love an app called Evernote. I'll link to that in the show notes. It's a great app with um, notes in it that you can use on your phone. And of course, you can always get saucy and leave yourself a voice, a video selfie. Sorry, not a voice selfie. I guess you could do a voice selfie too or a video selfie to track how change is going in that way. If you're super techie, if you're attached to your phone, that would be the perfect thing for you to do. Just make sure you go back and look at those or listen to those. So my job as a coach is being a partner with my clients to help them stay on top of this tracking and to help them see the patterns in the results. With Michaela, I helped her by checking her journal. She did the journal, checking her journal weekly and pointing out patterns that I saw with her enzymes working and how they worked in general. But especially on days, I noticed that on days when she ate with her family, as opposed to when she ate while she was cooking dinner, standing in the kitchen, I noticed that on those days, her enzymes seemed, her enzymes seemed to work better for her. I also noticed when I was looking at her journaling that 
on the days when she had her morning routine, which for her was a 10-minute deep breathing exercise and also just kind of a grounding session with her breath, on those days she had less bloating and gas after her meals too. So this was a massive aha for Michaela because she was able to see right there in front of her how important the how of how she was eating was. The bottom line is that in this step, we track our baby step and we look for patterns to decide how that step, how that step is working for you. Step number one and number two, check. It's time for step number three, the tweaks. No matter what baby step you decide to make, there's always, 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 trust me, there are going to be tweaks involved after a short period of time and over the long haul too. For Michaela, in the short term, she ended up realizing that how she ate actually mattered as much as what she ate. Michaela's a new mom, and as we know, life is stressful in those early days of motherhood. When Michaela stopped eating her food at the kitchen counter and she instead had her food when her baby ate, that was a really huge shift for her. And also, and this is such a fantastic part, I love this, but over time, Michaela was actually able to then get off the enzymes long term when she learned more about how her body reacts to the food that she was eating. So removing gluten and dairy, remember I mentioned she did that, removing gluten and dairy for her, those things had massive results. And when she changed this in more of a long-term approach, after about a few months, she realized she didn't even need the enzymes anymore. How cool is that? Okay, so there you have it. That's your simple three-step solution complete. No more resolutions, no more drastic steps you don't stick with. A simple baby step process you can use for any change you want to make, but especially those changes that impact your IBD in a positive way. Let's go ahead and just review those steps one more time. Step number one, break down your daydreams into smaller baby steps. And once you do that, break those baby steps down into baby actions that you can start right away. In step number two, we find a way to track what we're doing, a way that works for you. Journaling, short video clips, using a notes app, whatever works for you. You can't know for sure how your change is going if you don't track it. I'm telling you, tracking is key. This is the step that so many people miss. Tracking allows us to figure out what patterns are emerging what we notice, what's working, what's not working. It's huge, tracking is big. So definitely don't skip step number two. And then in step number three, it's time for the tweaks. Keep the good and ditch the rest. Trial and error is your best friend here and tweaking allows you to do just that. Remember, embrace the journey instead of the end result and you'll be rewarded with lasting progress that sticks. After the first round of three steps are complete, now it's time to move on to your next goal and you'll use the same method here. And it's interesting because when you pick the most pressing concern first, you might notice that other challenges that you used to have, they kind of just poof, they vanish as well. I know that for Michaela, her goal number three, the challenge number three that she had, 
it disappeared when she worked on goal number one. So remember, goal number three was the back and forth she was having with the diarrhea and the constipation. Poop, um, not being able to poop one day and then pooping all the time on the toilet the next. But when she implemented her first goal, her stool actually firmed up and she had less frequent poops too. So with that taken care of, we were then able to move on to her goal number two, the fatigue that she was still feeling through all of it. And I think the reason why Michaela was so successful is that she made these three steps all about the journey, not the end result. I promised you we were going to get back to that. When she embraced the day-to-day, the journey, no matter what, she was able to learn how her body worked along the way, the good, the bad, and the ugly sometimes. If there's one thing that's been most beneficial for me in the 12 years since I made a conscious choice to use food, lifestyle, and mindset for my IBD before reaching for medicine, I've learned that It's all about how my body works. I know exactly what foods bother me. It used to be a guessing game for me. And I know that how food affects me, it isn't always the same from day to day. It really depends largely on the amount of sleep I get and how stressful I am in a period of my life. I know that I just function better throughout the day when I start my day with a morning meditation and yoga. I know that I have to be strict with my kids and my hubs not to use my pans or my utensils and no double dipping in the peanut butter for their PB&J sandwiches because just those little crumbs that they leave in the peanut butter, it actually can give me diarrhea. I know these things about myself because I learned them through my journey. And these are really just a few. These are just a few of the things that I've learned about how my body works in the last 12 years of embracing the journey instead of the destination. I listened when my body spoke to me. I took notes and I went back to that to look for patterns. I embraced the power of cumulative baby steps instead of big, massive resolutions that never work. But most importantly, I made this process about the journey and not the end result. I still have missteps. I had them along the way. I still have them. I still have bad days with my IBD. But now I know what to do because I know my body so damn well. Because I relaxed. I embraced my inner tortoise and let it flow. And you can do this too. Always be the tortoise. You can be the tortoise. And even when you are the tortoise, moving slowly and methodically, you can get big results. Those big results, I promise you, they will flow your way. Don't listen. Don't listen to the snake oil salesman who tells you they have a cure, she said in quotes, a cure for IBD. Trust me, they don't. What it really takes to really get a handle on your IBD is embracing the many ups and downs. But when you commit to the journey, the results will always be even better than the promise of a quick fix. So are you thinking about the biggest struggles that you're having right now with your IBD? Are you thinking about this three-step solution and how it might work for you? I know that the regular IBD mom might listen to this episode and say, huh, kind of interesting, and then maybe move on, but not you, not you, because you're not going to let this information lie here. You're ready to do it like a mom. 
No matter if you're listening to this episode when it airs in January or you're listening another time of the year, don't leave this episode without planting a little seed in your head. Remember that thought of, I want to feel better? What does feel better look like for you? I want you to concretely define that. Let's actually go ahead and do it together. Let's do that right now. Is it less trips to the bathroom? Is it no more blood in the toilet? Or are you like Michaela? Are you enduring bloating, gas, and cramping after every meal? There's bound to be more than one issue here. There's bound to be more than one issue that you're experiencing. I totally get that. With IBD, there always is. Remember when Michaela thought about her challenge and she had three main challenges that she wanted to tackle? It's okay to have three challenges. It's okay to have one, right? Wherever you're at, that's awesome. Do you have your thoughts in your head on what feeling better means to you specifically? Good. All right, you're off to an amazing start because that's all you need to get started. And I commend you because you can't believe how hard this is for most mamas. And if you're still thinking about it, that's okay too. Just don't let that thought go completely. Keep it in the back of your mind as you take care of the kids today. Sometimes we need to consciously move thoughts to our unconscious mind for a little while and just let them marinate. They do. It's a really cool thing. You never know when an answer will pop into your head. For me, the place where thoughts seem to solidify it is the shower. But for you, it might be, I don't know, it might be in the middle of the night or it might be while you're doing dishes. Just trust in the knowledge that when the time is right, the answer will come to the surface. And once it does, you'll be ready for it with your three-step solution. So if nothing else today, I want you to promise me something, Mama. No more New Year's resolutions that are destined to bring you failure. No more big leaps into the unknown and thinking there's something wrong with you when you try that method and you don't succeed. It's all about the baby steps, my love. Baby steps turn into giant leaps and giant leaps turn into success stories. You've got this, you've got this, and I'm here for you as your mentor and your friend whenever you need me. You can reach me at hello at karenhaley.com. K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y, hello at karenhaley.com. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey. And there's that journey word again. It's all about the journey. Be well, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today, because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, 
If you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practice is run online so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.